0: really excited for today. Today's the first of our six cruises on Highland Avenue. <laughs> Few things are more beautiful on a California summer evening than the sight of low riders cruising low and slow and bouncing up and down through the streets. The boats and the bombs your Chevy Fleetlines Lines and Monte Carlos and Eldos all chrome and leather seats and just faded man. But for decades, municipalities across the Golden State have been declaring war on low-right. Our main goal is to repeal a no-cruising ordinance in National City. Yeah? That's our main goal. A no-cruising ordinance? That's not cool, carnal. I'm Gustavo Riano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Thursday, June 30th, 2022. Today, why cities banned car cruising in the first place, and how activists are finally winning. Because who do these streets belong
1: to? Who of these streets belong to? This is our street. We organize and we mobilize.
0: Tammy Murga is a reporter with the San Diego Union-Tribune, and she recently went to cover a low-rider cruise in National City. Tammy, welcome to The Times.
1: Thank you for having me, Gustavo.
0: Okay, so National City, what is it? What do you find there? Who are the residents, all that stuff?
1: So National City is located in South County of San Diego, predominantly Latino, low income. It is a place that's really close to the border. So you see a lot of Spanish speakers. You see a lot of Chicanos, a lot of Latinos. And a lot of these residents are part of the low culture. Where's your car? This one here? No, 71 Chevy 71? Yeah. Chevy? Noah, Noah, are you excited to get your car out here? Yeah. yeah. Yeah? Tell me what what do you feel? What's going through your mind? It feels good. Feels good? Because you're doing this for the community.
0: Yeah, Yeah, low riding is a big part of any Latino community in the United States, especially Chicano community. Uh, And you know, it's not just a thing to do, it's just part of who you are. So how did that scene take such a hold among Mexican Americans?
1: You know, I think it's a little, it's important to add a little bit of history here. So the exact birthplace of riding culture, I, I guess, is up for debate. Some might say Los Angeles, others New Mexico or other, you know, border cities. But I think it, it began in the 1940s and 50s, the post-war era. It was most notable in Mexican-American communities, particularly among Chicano youth, you know, the time of the Pachucos, the suits. Zut but in National City and really many parts of San Diego County, the low scene grew during the Chicano movement. And specific to National City, Highland Avenue became the place to cruise. When you're um, in a relationship, it's sort of hard to be with someone that doesn't low right? Uh, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta, just gotta just like have a local. car guy. You gotta have a car man, yeah. yeah. Have a female, yeah, yeah. definitely. It attracted people from all parts of Southern California, even people from outside the lowrider scene to just be spectators because all of these cars, they're really pieces of art.
0: Oh, yeah. The cars. Beautiful. I have myself a 7.3 Eldorado convertible. It's not a lowrider, but it's still freaking beautiful. So you go out there and you just feel like these are working class folks, but they're spending thousands of dollars As a point of pride on these things.
1: Absolutely. You know, at the core of the culture is really personal expression. There's pride, there's respect. We see that in in both the engineering and the artistic side of modifying these vintage vehicles, even bicycles. They're known as low bikes. So with technology, of course, the way that cars are customized, they changed over time. But we typically see the hydraulics, the three-wheeling. We see the vibrant paint jobs, chrome, everything. Um, And, you know, the cars, there's Cadillac, Coupes, even heavy pickups, the Impalas, the Lincoln Town Cars, a little bit of everything.
0: And you see families, like it's not just like a man thing. It's men, women, kids, yeah, familias, all of that. Exactly.
1: Stuff. It's a very generational thing in both brown and black communities, but majority in Mexican-Americans. And you have grandparents, their kids and their grandchildren. And, and fixing up a car is like a rite of passage thing. You know, you, you grow up helping your dad, your uncle, your mom, your tia, whoever it is. And then you inherit that car. So in National City, there's a lot of that. There's people that they were cruising in the 80s. And then now they have their children that are fixing up these cars. So I had the chance to meet a lot of of these folks, a lot of these parents.
0: You know, back in the day, I used to cruise. Oh, really? Yes. Here so on Highland? Yes, okay. on Highland. And when they stopped all that, it was kind of a bum, of course, because there was no more cruising down Highland on Sunday. Yeah. But I heard, because we're down on vacation, I said, oh, my God, they're going to have the cruise,
1: and we're not going back home till Monday. Gotcha. So she said, yes, and they are. And then I'm like, well, I want to go. Yeah, to remember. Remember, remember. Yes. okay. For how long have you been doing this for? About 30 years. You know. 30 years? Oh, wow. And did you did you cruise in Highland before? Yeah? How old were you when you uh, were doing that? Eighteen. Eighteen? Wow. And how old are you now? Seventy-two. Seventy-two. Are you excited to get your car out oh, here? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah? Tell me. It's about so much more than just cars. It's about art. It's about expression, about love, family, community, uh, supporting our small businesses, uh, with music, with food, language, and the most of all, culture. The cruising here, this is part of our identity here in Nashville City.
0: So, Tammy, I don't get it. If low riding is such an important part of Chicano culture in national city and beyond, why was cruising made illegal there in the first place?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's important to start at defining cruising. So cruising means the repetitive driving of a motor vehicle two or more times within a four-hour period in the same direction. And with cruising, driving slow and with how extravagant these cars are, they naturally are attract a crowd, right? So a lot of these bans came or aimed to curb traffic congestion and noise pollution, but it's a little more complex than that. Low riding became a symbol of resistance during the Chicano movement. It was their way of preserving the Mexican American culture and not to assimilate to mainstream culture like the hot rods, which are faster and taller vehicles. So you see low riders weighing down their cars with bricks and things like that. Then you start seeing all these laws that really target those Riding low and slow. So, California, for example, in 1958, they made it illegal for car parts to be lower than rims. And that's where you have hydraulics come in. You have drivers that can lift their suspensions at a street legal height and then switch back down to a lower level. And you also have drivers who would remove their front seats to lay low and avoid being seen by police. So lowriding really kind of took on that derogatory meaning, uh, especially with the rise in gangs in the 80s and 90s. And you see that clash between police who say that they're just enforcing the law to curb crime and traffic and the lowriding community saying that these laws are criminalizing their culture.
0: And it's interesting because all car cultures are gonna be smacked down by police. Like you mentioned the hot rods, you also have the import scene that made very famous by Grand Theft Auto and Fast and Furious, but specifically with low riders, they are the ones who are being penalized for decades with these ordinances. How did the ban play out in National City?
1: Yeah, so National City's cruising ban went into effect in 1992 in response to those concerns that some residents raised of the popular pastime, which often attracted crowds from outside the lowrider community, gangs that were not necessarily lowriders themselves, but they just came out to the streets. And that brought out also a lot of traffic congestion. So the prohibition, really, under the National City uh, Municipal Code, it it makes cruising punishable by a $1,000 fine or even imprisonment of up to six months.
0: And it's not just National city that did that, like the city where my wife has her store, Santana, they banned cruising. Uh, you mentioned California in the 1950s. They basically made low riders illegal. But I was surprised that there was even laws against cruising and low riding in Los Angeles.
1: In Los Angeles, the city council passed its most restrictive bill in 1988. And that law limited cars to one round trip. So every six hours on streets where police determined that cruising was a problem.
0: What did lowrider owners do in those early days to fight back? And why do you think they didn't succeed? I mean, a lot of these bands, they've been on the books for decades.
1: That's right. For decades. You know, the band did work in that cruising significantly died out in National City. But instead, what we saw here in San Diego was there was a lot of momentum in southeast San Diego among multiple car clubs. And they organized events that we see today. We see car shows, cruise night series like La Vuelta Car Cruise. But those are permitted shows that we haven't seen in National City until recently.
0: Yeah, all these activists kept at it. And all these decades later, things are slowly changing. More after the break. So, Tammy, there are activists then in Nashville City trying to overturn these laws.
1: Yes. So for about a year now, the United Lowrider Coalition has been trying to get that 30 year ban on cruising lifted, especially because the law really hasn't been enforced for years. We are fighting for something bigger. We are fighting for a meaning that is something bigger than what we, can, we can't we can even understand. Like we're a family and we're fighting for this for every single one of us. So they're part of the low riding scene themselves. They're people who used to cruise on Highland Avenue before the law was in place. They're also looking for all the acknowledgments that would come with a repeal, like trust between the low rider community and law enforcement. And so they've given presentations on why the ban should be lifted. They've conducted studies with businesses about their thoughts on cruising. And their latest was a cruising pilot program. So last year, the city council agreed to temporarily suspend the cruising ban to allow for six test cruises on Highland Avenue. And afterward, the city would assess what to do with that law.
0: Who are some of the people at the United Lowrider Coalition? Like, what's their stories?
1: Yeah, so there are several members. For example, there's Sofia Toral. She has a 1965 Impala herself. She's been a resident of National City. Her grandfather and father used to cruise on Highland Avenue. And she fixed up a fixed up the Impala when she was younger. And now it's hers. You know, and there's also Jovita Arellano. She's been one me. of... Not Are you sure? I'm sure. I don't have any
0: cousins <laughs> down in uh, San Diego.
1: All right. Well, she's been one of the faces here in National City to come before the council and really push for this repeal. And she was really one of the main organizers for the first cruise in National City that was part of this pilot program. That's our number one goal. In order to get that no cruising ordinance repealed, we want to be able to show that we can have these cruises successful every single time. Let's find a solution because we want to have these cruises. They're great. I mean, it's a, it's a live art gallery, somebody told me over the weekend. It's a live art gallery.
0: How has the National City, City Council or officials responded to this push to decriminalize low riding?
1: Well, you know, there's been some tension between the city and the United Lowrider Collision after the first cruise, which happened last month. It brought out hundreds of cards and spectators, most, including the city, deemed it a really successful event. But with upcoming cruises, the city and police recommended that organizers should pay about up to $20,000 per cruise for police services and other city uh, services to better organize the event and and control traffic. So collision member said, you know what, we can't afford those fees. So they opted out of that pilot program. So... The National City Police Chief Jose Tellez said at a press conference, really explaining why these fees are recommendations. And he said, you know what, the cruise just was a lot bigger than they expected. These uh, police services will really help organize the event and control traffic.
0: Obviously, we have to be honest with everyone that the event that you had was extremely successful. And actually, the crowd that you had on Highland Avenue was really unprecedented. So it's also unfair for the community for us to pull resources from what is already a busy night to now address this while we're uh, shorting our uh, patrol staffing.
1: And the mayor, Mayor Alejandra Sotelo Solis, had also mentioned, she really wanted to clarify that these recommendations, these fees, are not exclusive to the cruises. Any other event like uh, parades or other types of events that go through that permit process also get charged these fees. And so she wanted to make it clear that it wasn't exclusive to the low-riding coalition. We
0: wanted to clarify that the cruises... Will not be eliminated. And secondly, there aren't any resources or requirements that are being asked of the ULC, the United Lowrider Coalition, that are not being asked of any other TUP permit holders. But while National City goes through these growing pains of trying to decriminalize low lowriding, Other cities are just doing it. I know in Sacramento, they repealed their anti-cruising laws. San Jose in late June did the same. And then the California Assembly voted on a resolution this summer that encouraged cities to overturn their cruising bans and just embrace lowrider culture already. Tammy, what's changed in California that's leading to all of this?
1: I think a lot of cities are realizing that these bans that have been in place for decades haven't been enforced for so long. And I think as we're seeing more people really returning to that or voicing that this is our culture and reclaiming that and wanting to resurrect that culture is let's start that conversation again. What are we doing with these laws? If they're not in place, let's get rid of them. And so I think a lot of cities are starting to realize that. And National City is not alone.
0: So what's next then for United Lowrider Coalition?
1: So coalition members are saying that the test cruises were simply one component of their overall efforts to resurrect the lowriding culture. They say they're still going to lobby to repeal the law. And as far as the city goes, there's been efforts on the city council dais to start that discussion about possibly repealing the ban now. But majority of the council is saying they want to take a little more time to figure out the logistics. And if it works then they'd consider a repeal. So this is still ongoing in National City.
0: But you're seeing other successes in San Diego County, like in Barrio Logan.
1: Right. I mean, they still have their cruising nights. They have events. Those are permitted as well. I mean, we're seeing also in Escondido in North County of San Diego. They're happening for sure. National City wants to have that themselves in their own community.
0: And finally, Tammy, what's your dream low rider?
1: Oh my goodness, 1964 Impala. Oh, that's the old
0: school <laughs> classic. What do you like about those? Oh
1: my God, I just like the shape of it. I think it's really classy. For me, I'm more, less is more. Keep it simple. And I think that's just, that's the way to go.
0: That's a great one. Tammy, thank you so much for this conversation.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Madeline Amato was the hef on this episode and our show's produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Kasha Bosalian, David Toledo, Ashley Brown, and Andrew Carreras. Our editorial assistants are Madeline Amato and Carlos Deloera. Our engineers are Mario Diaz, Mark Nieto, and Mike Heflin. Our editor is Kinsey Morlin. Our executive producers are Jasmine Aguilera and Shani Hilton. And our theme music is by Andrew Ethan. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us to put you a podcast, and make sure to tell your friends, families, strangers, everyone. Get them to subscribe. You got a good show, you know. I'm and like, make it happen. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and this madre. Gracias.